another episode of the Out of Sight Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Network. I am Adil Royster. Chill ride, chill vibes as always. Um, it is Sunday. Eagles are playing. Um, me and my guest on the pod were not particularly thrilled. So you know what? We're just going to pod about the Sixers because that's somehow more uplifting. I don't, I don't know how that works. But anyway, I uh, got... Dan Volpone on the line. It's the second time on the Out of Sight podcast, so he's a bit of a veteran. He penned a column last week talking about how the Sixers not just should trade for Chris Paul, but the idea of needing to trade for Chris Paul. Like, that was the verb that he used. So figured I would bring him in to talk about that, as well as, you know what? We got to talk some Dan Tony because that name's getting thrown around as well. He's really starting to emerge as the favorite to win the Sixers sweepstakes coaching job, especially after MB gave Elton Brand his blessing, if that counts for anything. I'm sure it does because he's Joel MB for Christ's sake. But anyway, Dan's on the line. What's up, Dan? Hey, how are you? It's Sunday and it's Eagles football, but it's still, you know, kind of depressing. Yeah, it's like I'm just thinking about trying to figure out how they're about to lose to the Bengals. Like Joe Burrow is going to look so good today. Joe Burrow is going to throw for 500 yards and like four <laughs> touchdowns. Um, so let's start with the idea that the Sixers need to trade for Chris Paul or your verb use there, the, the need. Yeah, I, I think that the the idea of it being a need and not just like, something I want them to do is because I don't think there's a comparable player out there and I don't think there's anyone else that solves their problems except for Chris Paul. Like he's, he's the one guy who because of age and contract and where the thunder are at has that much talent, but still could be traded. And the Sixers seem to maybe have the assets to get him. I mean, there's not a bunch of, other teams who are not haven't already screwed themselves that are looking to take on someone of, of that age, making that much money. Cause he's, he is, you know, considered a risk. Um, but the Sixers, I don't think have a choice, but to take that risk. I think he's, if, if he works out, he's the perfect player. He's the one guy that can make them contenders again. The quote you used in the beginning of your piece uh, quote, there's not a player the Sixers can reasonably trade for who would fit this two stars better. And there was, of course, the Buddy Heald rumors that are always circling around. Um, allegedly, Buddy Heald really wants to come to the Sixers. I don't know how. I, I, I don't know how good those rumors are, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think Buddy Heald patches their issues, um, and I think Chris Paul really does. Obviously, he helps, right? We shooting would be great, and he is a talented offensive player, but. It's, I don't think for the Sixers it's as simple as just we need a shooter. Um, shooters would be nice, though. They would be nice, and I think we should go get shooters. But <laughs> if, if we only got shooters, it wouldn't solve our issues. So I think Chris Paul is – he, he's going to bring you a lot of things, but he doesn't, obviously. Um, much better defender, can defend guards, can get to the basket, create for himself, create for others, shoot from all three levels – I think that's mostly what the Sixers were lacking, like a guy who who is going to drive the lane, move the defense, get Embiid easy looks, so they're not playing you know post up basketball constantly, um, uh, and and 
and get, get defenders moving so uh, there's closeouts to attack and there's, it's not just a standstill all the time. I, I think he would, he would make them better and like so much more fun to watch. You brought up Chris Paul's age and the contract. He's, you know, 35 and he's owed something like $80 million over the next two years. Yeah, well, at, five, I think. At the same time, Chris Paul was all NBA second team last this past season. So it's not like he's fallen off. Yeah, absolutely. I think people kind of wrote off that contract after he was, you know, getting hurt and he kind of struggled his last year in Houston. And people said, all right, well, that's a, that's a bad contract. He's, that's always going to be a bad contract. And I think it's kind of lazy to still call it a bad contract. I mean, he's, he was all NBA second team this year. He's clearly still a great player. He was, um, I think, was one of the leaders in, in clutch scoring this year, which the Sixers need. He is desperately. Desperately. And he's, he's an incredible player. He's, he's, worth, he's worth $41 and $44 million over the next two years. If he were a free agent right now, he could get that money after the year he just had. Someone would pay it to him. Probably. It, so it would I, probably be the Knicks. Probably, but he's worth the max. Yeah. Like, no one's, no one's going to build a team around him, right, because he's old. Mm-hmm. But, but if he were younger, the Thunder wouldn't want to trade him. So I think the Sixers are, are lucky he's there, and they, they can't look at that contract and, and act like he's, for some reason, not worth it, because he is. He's, he's so talented, and he's still so good. The naysayers about the Chris Paul contract, the, those Houston Rockets fans or anybody like that, uh, need I remind you, you guys are paying as much, if not more, for Russell Westbrook, and Russell Westbrook doesn't have nearly the things that Chris Paul has. Like, Westbrook is not a better shooter. Westbrook is not a better defender. I, I never understood the n- desire to trade for Westbrook. I felt like Paul and Harden worked a lot better, especially in a D'Antoni system where it's a lot of threes being chucked. And having somebody that's not a great three-point shooter, probably not the best idea. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of it was because just Paul and Harden didn't get along. And Harden loved Westbrook when they played together. But it's looking horrible for them now. I mean, that's it's looking so bad. I mean, think of how much better they would have been if they still had Chris Paul Westbrook. I, I know he was coming off an injury and maybe was still injured. But he was legitimately bad, like a legitimate minus in the playoffs. And Chris Paul pretty much carried that Thunder team and on his 35 year old back. Yeah. And no one expected them to, to make the playoffs or even to take the Rockets to seven. I mean, he, they look so much better than anyone expected and they weren't really trying to win. They don't, they have some nice players on the team, but they don't really have the pieces to compete. I love Gallinari and I'm sure you love Gallinari. I, 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 I like, I do enjoy some Gallinari. I do enjoy me some Danilo. I will say <laughs> And I, and I like Shea, um, both good players, um, but no one thought they would do that. And I think that's such a testament to Chris Paul, both his play and his leadership. About that seven-game series with the Rockets, I watched all seven games of that series because, you know, great theater. It's Chris Paul going up against the Houston Rockets, the team that traded him away. And I'm just watching these games and thinking to myself, oh, my God, the Thunder look – the the cohesion of their team and their offense just looks so much better than the Rockets. Oh yeah, they they just they make sense. Like the the Rockets, it it's like people criticize 
you know, James Harden for taking too many shots, whatever. It's like, that's their only chance is if he's going to shoot the ball. Like, you want Westbrook chucking threes? Like, when they have to. It's not necessarily pretty, but they don't have that great of a roster. They really don't. And, you know, I loved what Sam Presti in Oklahoma City was just, was just thinking. He's just like, you know what? If something happens with this Chris Paul thing, we make the playoffs cool. If not, then you know what? We got a we got a we got somebody that we can flip for more assets, and we got all of this stuff coming from the Paul George trade. So it's a win win for us. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're they're they were never going anywhere with with uh, Paul George and Russell Westbrook. No, um, and it, to get everything they got is like. It's going to be such a fast turnaround because they have such a head start. Like, I mean, people, I feel like when they talk about like how long the Sixers had to take to rebuild and they use it as a knock against them, it's like they didn't start with two all-stars that they could flip for a bunch of picks. Like they weren't, they weren't handed all those picks from, from Houston and the Clippers or in the case of the Celtics, right? Like the, the Nets didn't give them their entire future for, older players yeah they, we had to have that head start yeah we had to suck for three years yeah they're <laughs> not gonna have to do that <laughs> okay let's circle let's circle around to a potential simmons mb chris paul pairing and i'm kind of wondering what that offense looks like i'm thinking lots of pick and roll Chris Paul pick and roll is probably going to be the first thing, but then the second thing is probably going to be, I don't know, MB post-ups or Chris Paul ISO. What kind of offense could that look like? Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a, a much more, I don't know how to, how to put it, but um, a, kind of a more regular looking offense um, and mostly initiated by Chris Paul. I think Ben will mostly only bring the ball up on the break and he'll, he'll hopefully be, in that case, you know, more of an, an occasional on-ball player, but hopefully you have Chris Paul on the ball more. I think everyone is kind of agreeing now, like Ben really isn't a, a point guard necessarily. Um, but Paul being a threat from all three levels, I do think opens stuff up for, for Ben and Joel. And I, and I think um, with the report that came out the other day of, of D'Antoni uh, possibly playing more of a five-out offense and having – Joel face up instead of post up. Um, that maybe is not the best for Joel, but he seems happy about it from the report. And in terms of, of Chris Paul and Ben Simmons, I think that opens up a lot of room for, you know, like uh, driving to the basket and kicks and then working with the, um, the shifted defense and room for uh, Ben to cut to the basket uh, without, you know, Joel being like triple teamed in there. So, uh, it could be it could be interesting. I think it would look completely different. I just want everybody right now that's listening, close your eyes. And imagine, Dan, you do this too. And imagine Simmons on the break or Chris Paul collecting the rebound. And you have Simmons rim running. You have Embiid rim running. And then you have Tobias floating out to have that open three and then Thibel or Shake Milton or whoever else is on the floor, that's also available for a kickout three. Beautiful. If that's a thing that happens, I would like to wish the NBA the best of luck because mm -hmm. it is 100% a pick your poison. Someone is getting a basket. You are giving up, you are giving up at least two points. Just saying also, that now. 
I also love the idea of the Sixers winning a game on some kind of like Jersey Tuck technicality. Like, I need oh that my god! <laughs> <laughs> Not only is this potentially very lethal in transition, but it makes the half court so much better. Just some <clears> statistics <throat> on Chris Paul. This is last year, thirty-five year old Chris Paul. This is last season, ninety-second percentile in the pick and roll as the ball handler, seventy-fifth percentile in ISO. 35 years old and he's a career 37 percent shooter from three that, they need that does that not change the entire dynamic of the sixers half court offense no it, it absolutely does and and that's why i say it as like a need right there's there's no other player that's giving you that and that's what those are your the things you listed are the things that the team needs the most like players who in the half court can create from the perimeter don't have to dump it into Joel. Like Ben is, I love Ben. He's not giving you that. He's, he's not that type of point guard. Just a, another player on the floor who can competently pass. Like I'm, I'm so over watching Josh Richardson throw the ball away. Yeah, I'm um, done. Like I like him, you know, I, I like he's, him, but he should not be any kind of primary ball handler. I'm, no, I'm sorry, Jay Rich. I'm sorry. Definitely not setting anything up. No. So you get another guy on the floor who can, who can, make that work i i think he's he is the one player who could conceivably be had who gives you everything you just said and the sixers badly need everything you just said when you bring in chris paul like you kind of have to deal with the fact that you know he has a reputation from being a little prickly and it definitely reminds me of jimmy butler a little bit but i think that chris paul would basically be like a Jimmy Butler situation in terms of cohesion as far as like his attitude and whatnot. But I think the Sixers can deal with that because Chris Paul is basically Jimmy Butler, but better from three and he can do a lot more in the half court. Yeah. I mean, at this point he's, if in his career, Butler is probably the better player, but they're a bit similar and definitely similar personality wise. And he actually, he has – I like to make fun of Jimmy a bit because he does, you know, like the dribbling at 3 a.m. just to let everyone know he's working. And, oh, my God. And, and I think he's kind of annoying. But I – part of his personality that I don't mind is, is like, the prickliness. I kind of, I kind of like it. I, um, I can dig it. And I like that Chris Paul does it too. Like, I don't, I don't need – it was one thing I liked about JJ even. It's like I don't need everyone being, like, all friendly all the time. Like, I want guys who, who, who are – kind of like asses out there and they're like <laughs> they're just gonna be you know they're they want to win and they don't really care about you know they'll try to get under the skin of their opponent or or they'll yell at a teammate when something's something's up like I didn't even mind when Embiid got on, on shake like I, I think you need that sometimes and and from all accounts the Sixers were lacking it intensity and prickliness is definitely something you need on defense where Chris Paul and Ben Simmons in the backcourt, quote unquote, technically. Uh, yeah. That's 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 ridiculous. Chris oh, that'd Paul, be so much fun. Chris Paul is a nine-time All NBA defender. Granted, his last nod was in 2017, but you know he's still really good on-ball guard defender. And then Simmons, his ability to guard one through five, and then having Embiid in the back end as your last resort. Holy Jesus. And I think an, an underrated part of getting Chris Paul is that if the Sixers had Chris Paul 
with Joel Embiid, they would have pretty much a monopoly on NBA players and commercials, which would be. <laughs> we have the State Farm. We have the Hulu. Yes. Uh, the Mountain Dew. I can't remember what the hell else. I can't remember what the hell else Embiid is peddling these days. But yeah, I mean, that's, I feel like that's all of them. You see Hulu has live sports. The Joel Embiid is, is very, like very unhappy. And Chris, Chris Paul and, and the, the, there's no replacing Chris Paul, right? So. And, you know, just just that alone, maybe Alfonso Ribeiro shows up at the Wells Fargo Center and Will Smith is there. So you have a nice little like Fresh Prince kind of thing going on. Love it. Like that would be awesome. <laughs> um, here's a question that I have, though. In order to trade for Chris Paul, you're going to have to move a lot of pieces. Tobias Harris being one, Seibel possibly being another, Jason Richardson. If you do that, will the Sixers have enough shooters to maximize everything that Chris Paul can do? I think they can work to get shooters. Like, yes, they're going to have to, they're going to have to give pieces up, obviously, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's that much in comparison to um, what it would take to get, obviously like it's going to be much less than anyone else of Chris Paul's talent because of his age. So if it comes down to, and uh, in what I wrote, I mentioned a couple, um, a couple of trades that the Athletic had put together that maybe would get it done. And if it's anything close to those, then we're looking at something like either Tobias or Al, uh, a first-round pick, either uh, maybe the, the Thunder pick this year or maybe like a 2022 pick, um, and then a young player, like at least one, maybe one or two young players, Matisse, Zaire, Furkan, Sheikh someone from that group um whoever they prefer yeah who they prefer and and honestly i expected the sixers to have to give up more and have to give up more picks so if you're getting chris paul i think it's understood you're trying to maximize this two-ish year window where you have him and and you're trying to win with with this roster now i think it's okay to give up a future pick i wouldn't give up you know every pick but but if you're giving up you know this year's pick I'm okay with giving up also the 2022 pick um, in a separate deal where maybe you package whoever you didn't trade of Allen Tobias to try to get a Buddy Heald or try to get a Drew Holiday. Um, oh, my God. And then from there, you work around the margins. Try to uh, If you have a coach like D'Antoni, who I actually think has done a great job in his career of making the best of his role players and, and figuring out who fits his system and putting those guys in positions to succeed. So if you can go get um, – a useful role player, like think of like what D'Antoni did to PJ Tucker and Eric Gordon and like how great they've looked for, for Daniel House. Daniel House has looked great. And even Ariza when he was there looked great and left and kind of stunk. So <laughs> um, if you have a coach like that who can make the most out of those players and knows who he wants in his system, I, I don't think there's any reason to worry about, you know, making the most out of Chris Paul. I, I think they can make it work. And I think it's their only chance to make it. I also think that, I kind of like the idea of shake and you're talking about Dan, a D'Antoni offense. I kind of like the idea of Paul shake and Simmons on the floor at the same time with Embiid and Harris. If Harris is not the one that's traded because you get two elite pick and roll ball handlers in Paul and Simmons, and then two really good catch and shoot shooters. Chris Paul is in the 90th percentile. Shake was in the 94th last year. That's, that's the dynamic offense I've been 
asking for for years. Yeah, it, it, it would be fun. And it's like, more fun. than anything, yes. I need them to be fun again. I need them to be fun. Make the Sixers fun again. Yeah, I, I think Paul is back. Like, if you want the Sixers to be fun, which who doesn't? Who doesn't? Right? I think Paul is Paul is the guy. I think any like shooting is great. We need shooting, but to act like it's just shooting is to I think underestimate the problem or underthink the problem. And we, we little, need someone of Paul's skill set. It's a little lazy and dismissive. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just that we can't shoot. It's that the offense is standstill, and adding shooters doesn't necessarily change that. Adding a Chris Paul and having a spread out floor where, where Ben's going to cut to the basket and, and, you know, set screens all over the floor, I think would be really fun. Apparently it's 100% D'Antoni week on the site. So, you know, we're, we got to discuss this. Although we don't know who the coach is going to be. We, we've said that D'Antoni's name is all the way out there. This is Chris Paul, two years in the D'Antoni system, 17 points, eight assists, 11.9 offensive win shares, a 218 win share per 48, and 37% from three. What am I not? What am I not? What am I missing here? I think in a in a Sixers offense, he's going to be much more involved than he was in a Thunder offense. So he has. Um, he probably, sorry, not a Thunder offense, a Rockets offense. He probably has to be because he's going to be the best offensive facilitator based on his shooting. Yeah. No. I I think just. I think he at this point is still is still just because he can do a lot of things that Ben can't. He's going to be the the primary facilitator. But it's great to have two elite facilitators out there. I think that that's a strong pairing. Um, in in Houston, I was surprised they trade for traded for Chris Paul when they did. Um, I don't think it was like a bad trade or anything. But they had had so much success with uh, Point Harden and. Um, D'Antoni had just moved hard into point guard and he had a, such a great year. I think that was his MVP year. Um, that was a weird fit and it worked so well. Yeah. So, and so you're, you're putting Paul on that team and he's clearly not the best offensive player. James Harden is still, is still James Harden. So he's to, weird like a boy. Yeah. He's, he's fantastic. So the almost doesn't really maximize what Chris Paul does there. And I think he might be, you might get more out of him here and, and I also think he's, he's better now than he was then. Like, he was dealing with nagging injuries, like, throughout. And last year, he was finally healthy. So, if he's going to stay healthy, he, he, might be, he might be better. Like, we might be getting something much closer to Thunder Chris Paul. With Paul and Simmons, this is the, this is the problem with, with Dan Tony. And it's the fact that Ben either can't shoot or doesn't shoot. What, not sure which, you know, word that is. But here's the thing. And I want to pose this question to you. Is Ben Simmons as good of or even a better passer than Steve Nash, who flourished in D'Antoni's offense? I don't know. I mean, Steve Nash was back-to-back MVP. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking from a pure passing aspect. So I was, I was very young for Steve Nash, and I remember watching him play, but, but not – I don't feel like I was old enough to, to make that comparison. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you answer your own question. I want to hear what you say about that. I think that Simmons is – I think he's comparable to Nash. 
I think he's maybe a little bit better. And that's only because of his size, because at 6'10", Ben can make a lot of those passes that Nash couldn't make because Nash being, you know, 6'1", 6'2", or whatever. His basketball IQ, Simmons, I think is just a tad bit higher than Nash. So I think in an open floor, open court kind of an offense under D'Antoni, I think Simmons could have a career high in assists per game. And you mentioned the shooting also. Obviously, I agree. Like, I think I love the passing look great. And is shooting a concern? I'd say yes, right? But is there, a, is there a choice? Like, you're not going to ship off Ben um, for nothing. So um, I don't think you have a choice, right? Like, you, you need to bring in the best players you can. That's yep. why you trade for Chris Paul. And you hope it works. And you hope the coach can figure out a way to make it work. But it, unless he shoots, there's, there's really no way around that. We mentioned Embiid signing off on the D'Antoni system, a lot more face-ups. And, of, of course, he's going to be all for that. Um, even though, you know, Charles Barkley and whoever is going to say, okay. oh, he needs to be on the block, just Charles, settle down, okay? Um, <laughs> D'Antoni with Embiid, there's a lot of, you know, young Amare kind of potential with that pairing. Because I don't know if anybody remembers young Amare, like pre-ankle and knee and back and all that nonsense. Like Phoenix Stoudemire, not Nick Stoudemire. But if Embiid is in shape, that's big if, big ask. Good Lord, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, I think the, the idea that... For some, like, and I think uh, this was touched on on the website because uh, Dan Olinger wrote about this. But the idea that just because D'Antoni has had teams with guards means he can't all of a sudden play with a big man, I think, is kind of crazy. Like, he's he's a pretty good coach. He's adjusted a lot, and and he, and B's a great player. So you make it work with great players, and you he has make a, it work. It's not like it's not like he's MB does one thing. You know, Embiid does a lot. That's why we're so impressed with him. That's why we view, still view him, even after a down year, as a, as a guy who can be, you know, a top 10 player, a guy who can maybe be the best player on a championship team if he's given the right team around him. So, so I, think, I think, yeah, I mean, it absolutely cannot be written off that, you know, D'Antoni won't know what to do with Joel. He's a center. He doesn't yeah. have centers. Like, he, Embiid's a great player, and – so it's not, it can't be that hard. I'm not blaming Brett for this year, but if you put the right pieces, if you bring in the right players, I think it's not that hard to make it work with Joel Embiid, who is a truly great. Embiid is not Clint Capella. No. Embiid can do so much more than Clint Capella. Uh, he can do way more than just pick and rolls and rim runs. Embiid has a jumper, Mike. Like, use it infuse that into your offensive game plan it's right there <laughs> right i mean he's he literally incredibly spread the floor in a way that most big men can. the final thing about dan tony and bringing him in and keith pompey of philadelphia inquired mentioned this earlier this morning moving tobias back to power forward which is something that should have been a no-brainer that makes him more comfortable in what he does offensively and that 
should only make things better for everybody. Am I, am I right? Yes, but, but I, that stood out to me in that report because when I, when I read it, it very much stood out to me that Ben wasn't mentioned. That they said, Joel's going to, good point. Joel's going to, you know, play in some kind of, you know, seems like a, a five out offense and he's going to, you know, face up instead of post up more often. And Tobias is moving back to the four. And I was thinking like, well, we had just put Ben at the four. Like we, we all liked shake added to the lineup, Ben at the four. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Like, does he have an idea for Ben? Am I overthinking it? Yeah, I do think Tobias Harris is a much better fit at the four than he's uh, than the three. I think he tr- he's a true four. But what does that mean for everyone else? Because that's still an awkward fit. So that, yes, maybe in, in a vacuum, I feel very good about Tobias Harris playing the four. But it kind of makes me question, like, they, they didn't mention Ben. And then right after talked about, yeah, the team's going to have to make some roster moves. Like, what are we thinking about with Ben here? I think you could be overthinking it a little bit because I can kind of reason with you a little bit. So think of D'Antoni's, you know, Westbrook-Harden pairing, right? Mm-hmm. You have Westbrook who isn't that great a shooter, but he can get to the rim pretty much whenever he wants. And then you have Harden who's the knockdown off-ball shooter who can also create for himself and others. You could kind of do the same thing. Like Chris Paul would step into what Harden did for D'Antoni, and then Simmons would be the Westbrook of that pairing. And then he just he just doesn't shoot threes, which is fine. Like you can I think D'Antoni can work around that because he's kind of done it already. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with you. The one thing I would say back to that that makes me not entirely sure is that in the Rocket system, like Westbrook was kind of the pseudo center. Um, like he was the non-shooter on the floor. Uh, and you have Embiid, who is a real center, who can shoot, but you don't want him just being a shooter. So it, it makes me – I understand what you're saying, and I think you're probably right, and I probably am overthinking it, but it does make me ask a couple questions. There, there, there is a little bit of worry there, and I just don't want them to make the wrong trade for Ben Simmons and just say – oh, we need to make this trade to appease Mike D'Antoni and make this system work. Like, I don't want that to happen because I feel like that would be really short-sighted and it's, it's going to be punishing down the road. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I think pretty much everyone at Liberty Ballers has, you know, we've talked about a lot. We, we all agree. You don't, it's not that you don't trade them. It's that you, you don't purposely trade them just to trade them. So, right. like, you know, when the Harden, there were Harden rumors this week, which I don't really buy, but like, of course, like Ben for Harden, like it's James Harden. Um, it's James you know, Harden. There are, very, James Harden. there are very few players that I would trade Ben Simmons for. James Harden is certainly one of them. Yeah. I mean, he's, he is by every, by every measure, he is elite. So, but, but other than that, I mean, it's not like I, I it's not like he's untouchable, right? There are players in the league who are better than him, who I would rather have but he's still a very good player and you don't trade him for, for just because. Now let's, let's get in. Let's talk about this now. Like players that would fit a D'Antoni system that you could trade Ben Simmons for. Would you do it for Jamal Murray? If the Nuggets felt like they could, I, I don't know why. I'm not saying the Nuggets would do this. We're just saying Jamal Murray kind of fits in the system. So F it. Let's see what we can do. 
Yeah, I mean, after after this postseason, I mean, before I, I would have pushed back on it because Ben, I always felt like, you know, Ben is so athletic and he's, he's so talented with the ball. And I had, you know, it was really, it's really easy to say without thinking about anything involved. Well, if he could shoot, what if? Right. But it's kind of, he probably won't. And Jamal Murray played so well. And I, I think I would do it. I think I would. I've been on the Jamal Murray bandwagon since he was drafted. I've been driving that bus since he was drafted. I'm so glad and so vindicated. I feel so good about that. You're looking good on that one. I'm looking really good on that. Like my yeah. stock is high and I'm just just letting it go. Just He was he was great. That 401k is just building and I I love it so much. <laughs> Devin Booker? Oof. That's see that one's tougher for me. I think I think Murray is is a yes. Like I I think I understand why you wouldn't, but I definitely would. And for for Booker, I'm much more on the fence because if Booker's anything like he was in those last eight games consistently, sure, easily, no brainer. But he's had great stretches before, and he's getting to the age where he could be turning a corner and becoming, you know, like he'll be an all star, perennial all star, could be a great player. Um, but I don't think that's a guarantee. Like he guys get hot, and um, he's certainly gotten hot before and had cold stretches before. I'd still like to see him, you know, show himself as a as an in-game three-point shooter. Uh, he's kind of just a league average shooter from three, despite winning multiple three-point contests and having yeah, form, which is strange. Um, a little weird. Put that together. Would I do it? Uh, d- depending on how the rest of the offseason went, I think I could be talked into it. Um, John Morant is a no for me right now. Agreed. Um, maybe like if if you ask if you ask me like two three years from now, hundred percent, absolutely. Right now, probably not. Yeah, you can't make that trade for what a guy could be when he's not that yet, and you have the assets to get what's that. I would not trade Simmons for Buddy Heald. I would not do that. Oh, definitely, I definitely would not do that. Um, th- here's again, not saying that they would do this, but you know, I'm throwing it out there. Also, because I was driving this bus uh, last offseason. Clay Thompson, post-Achilles, post-Achilles, but he would be such a knockdown shooter fit. I mean, I love Clay, not as much as you do. I don't think anyone loves Clay as much as you do. No one loves Clay Thompson as much <laughs> as I do on this, on this site. No one does. I can tell you that right now. But it's justified. Clay is. Clay is awesome. Um, the one thing is he's he is older than Ben, and and the injury at an older age scares me a bit. Um, I would I would want to see that he's healthy first. I need and a year. Healthy, I'm sure they would have no interest in trading him. Dan needs a year. Golden State. I need. I don't even need a year. I need like ten games. <laughs> like, can he move? Can he move? <laughs> Okay, this next name, people are not going to like me for this because of, you know, the because they were both in the Rookie of the Year conversation. Mm. Donovan Mitchell, I would do that 100 times out of 100. I'm sorry, I would. After those playoffs, it, it, it's enticing. I would still lean probably no. 
Um, but really? it's really close. So what? So what about what about Mitchell? Not for Ben Simmons. Uh, I I still think when he's like he can get hot. He was really hot in the playoffs, but he has a lot of stretches where he's just a volume scorer and low efficiency, not a lot of assists, turnovers. Um, I think sometimes he's not like throughout the regular season, he was not this. Um, and so if you're not going to be getting that consistently, whereas I thought Ben really consistently brought what he does this year. Yeah. He was consistently very good on defense. And I mean, I guess the same argument going back to Murray could be said, but they were just torching each other and there was, there was oh not God. a ton of defense. Or at that least was such a fun series. Being played in that series. That was such a fun series. Oh, it was awesome. But there was, there was no perimeter defense. There was no defense being played at all. And I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it was arguably even easier for, for Mitchell because like Jokic is really not a great defender either. So Mitchell was getting to the basket and shooting, uh, especially in like the first four games when they went up 3-1. And, Listen, you're, and you're, 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 playing, you're playing a dangerous game with your Jokic slander, my guy. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, that's not saying. I'm just saying. He, he was, he was just great. Saying. He's a great player. I'm just saying. There, I don't want to hear your opinion on him because I know what it there, is and I don't there like may, it. There may or may not be a Nikola Jokic jersey hanging in my room right now. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that would be the I think that would be the list. Like I I would not you know like Paul George or Demar Derozan I absolutely would not. Definitely not Derozan. George you could talk me into probably. Uh, it's close. That one's close because he really has been bad in the playoffs. He has s the bed two playoffs in a row. I can't I can't have that. I don't think. <laughs> If Toronto's, I mean, at this point, it's at this point, it's it, it looks like it's not just like a one rough series. It's like he has some issues. He's got some. He's got some things going on upstairs. Um, if Toronto is looking to, I I don't think they should because they were so ridiculously close. But I wouldn't be happy about Kyle Lowry because trading Ben Simmons in the division. That's that's just stupid. Yeah, I would I would not trade Simmons for Lowry. I definitely would not. I I like Lowry. I think Simmons is is better and obviously younger. I would love to have Lowry on the team. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, but if there were a way to 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 get him, which again I don't think there is, he would be a, a, another really good fit. Um, and you know, give them some of the things I talk about with. Chris Paul just at a worse level. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, take, takes on. takes way more offensive charges though. That's that is true. He, <laughs> it's it's really annoying to play against, but it's fun. Like I miss, I kind of miss watching Irsan just like getting away all the time. I mean, Furkan was doing some things. Like Furkan showed that he was trying to learn a little bit. Yeah, he does. <laughs> it's, it's a skill though, you know. Like some it's guys just hate skill. Some guys just have it. Yeah. Uh, well, this was a really fun conversation. I think I'm 90 to 95% talked into the idea of Chris Paul, especially if D'Antoni is involved, because I that would be ama- that would be incredible. I think. Yeah, I'm, it's it would I would be I would be excited again. I would get my hopes up again, even though I shouldn't. <laughs> like it would be it would be fun to be a Sixers fan again, which it hasn't it, been yes. for the last three seasons. 
I would watch the games and I would feel good. <laughs> unlike unlike the game that is going to start in about 10, 15 minutes, I have I have no feeling whatsoever. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan, I know you have said where the people can find you, but just in case they forgot, be, you know, episodes ago, um, plug yeah. yourself. All right, so I am I'm on Twitter, just Dan underscore Valpone. I'm private right now, but I private right now because he's doing the law school thing, folks. Med school, med school, med school. Yeah. Med school but, so. yeah, same same reasoning. So, um, but I'll you know I'll I'll accept requests and um, obviously write for Liberty Ballers, Gastroenteritis, Blue Pod, uh, same same feed as um, as Out of Sight. So make sure you listen to every single one of all of our podcasts because we're all really really cool people. I think. <laughs> what's uh what's what's gastroenteritis up to this week uh any any uh any teasers for the pod this week yeah so we're coming out we have a pod coming out monday and we talked about all the rumors that came out this week some of which we touched on here um we talked a bit about uh chris paul we talked about um we talked about the coaching rumors and we specifically talked a bit about a Sixers owner who's being sued because a chair fell from a penthouse apartment that he owned and hit a woman. What? In the head. It's bad. Like, really? How did I totally just whiff on that? Everyone missed it except for Emily, apparently. And what she the hell? found this in People Magazine, and it is a, it is a thing. So... Oh, shout out to Emily out here grinding. Jeez. I know, great find. God damn. <laughs> nice, nicely done. Yeah, it was a it was a very good find, Emily. <laughs> I, I have to I have I'm definitely gonna listen to this now. I mean, not that I wouldn't, but you know, I'm, I know, 100%, no, I know. One hundred percent I need the details on this. Extra motivation for sure. <laughs> See, Emily Emily scours like those portions of the internet and magazines that I just have no interest in, like People magazine. <laughs> or the or the bachelor bachelorette like i i give less than two f's about that i thought you were a bachelor guy Adia. I, emily has gotten me into it but i'm still like like the lucest warm of lukewarm mm, i i see i love the bachelor but i also love um not to, i'm sorry i'm getting off topic here but um the one the one show that i know you you had mentioned you were watching, so I watched it, and then it got canceled mid season. Was Paradise Hotel? Love oh, it. that was fantastic! That was, that was awesome. so good. It was so good. <laughs> first, first and foremost, in reality TV, in my life, will always be MTV's The Challenge. Hundred percent. It's the fifth professional sport. I'm sorry, but yeah, that's soccer. That's where that's where I live right now in terms of reality television. But um follow or not not follow but request to be request to follow dan and listen to the gastroenteritis blues podcast on the liberty ballers network dan volpone thanks for coming on once again you're becoming uh, a regular and a veteran so i appreciate everything yeah i appreciate you having me on it was a lot of fun uh a, a very low-key excited go birds <laughs> Yeah, go go birds, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Eagles versus Bengals. Fine. I guess I'll watch. <laughs> appreciate the time, Dan. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate it. See you.